and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. here today recording live from the Focus on Pocus studio. Today we have Dr. Victor Raul as our guest. Dr. Raul is a radiologist by training and is one of the pioneers to introduce and develop point-of-care ultrasound learning content for medical students, physicians assistants, and residents, and continuing medical education content for physicians at the University of South Carolina School of Medicine in Columbia. He was the Director of Ultrasound Education at the University of South Carolina School of Medicine from 2008 to 2018. He has also trained physicians overseas in Tanzania and the University of Santo Thomas in Manila, Philippines, to establish their point-of-care program. He loves teaching ultrasound. He has also written some chapters in POCUS ultrasound textbooks, and in an upcoming ebook, he has some chapters regarding point-of-care ultrasound. He has trained and assisted physicians in the use of high-intensity focus ultrasound for the treatment of BPH and prostate cancer during clinical trials in the United States. He is thankful to God for the opportunity to be able to develop learning content and train medical personnel and students in the United States and around the world to utilize ultrasound as an imaging tool to enhance the physical diagnosis and to also improve healthcare delivery to the patient population. He is thankful to the scientific and engineering community to miniaturize the device and also to make it affordable to the masses. Oh, wow. That's an impressive bio, Dr. Raul, and it's so great to have you here today. All right. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, I guess to start out with our first question, I guess I would, um, opening question here is, uh, could you share perhaps a couple of stories of a time when you used POCUS, point-of-care ultrasound, and how that made a difference in your patient's care. Yeah, there are a bunch of stories. You know, point-of-care is so interesting, and it really makes a big difference. But one that I really remember is, you know, one time I was training a physician in rural South Carolina, and this patient came in with a history of abdominal discomfort. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, we scanned her and I was surprised, we were surprised to find that she, the patient was pregnant and the patient was not aware that she was pregnant. Hmm. And we did the fetal biometry and found out the, actually the fetal age was around 19 weeks gestation. Another thing we observed was that the internal os was open and the patient's external os was still closed. So that means she was actually going to abort if nothing is done uh, immediately. So we send the patient for a uh, circulage procedure to the OBGYN clinic, and they did the procedure, and it was uneventful of that, and then the patient delivered at 34 weeks. And this is the first time she actually had a viable pregnancy because before she already lost uh, three fetus like that. When nobody had ever diagnosed that she actually had a short cervix, that's why she was having these problems. So that's an interesting story. Another one that I remember distinctly was uh, somewhere in South Carolina, again, rural South Carolina. Uh, the patient actually came in for AAA screening, 
and uh, we did scan her and we found that she had multiple plaques but there was no evidence of abdominal aortic aneurysm um, so just uh, asked the question if she had any more questions or concerns uh, the patient mentioned that she actually has pain in the leg and she works at low she said so bad that she, when she's working at low she falls down with pain excruciating pain and uh, she had been on pain meds for you know, for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So this decided to rule out the possibility of maybe ischemic problem in the lower extremity. So when we checked the blood pressure, there was a different difference, a significant difference in the blood pressure in both extremities, and that already was indicating that direction. So we did the scan, and in the doctor we found the patient had post changes in the lower extremity and the affected side. Uh, traced it all the way up, we found a snotic segment, send the patient to radiology for angiography and then it is confirmed the stent was placed and now the pain is patient's pain is gone and patients also off pain meds so those are interesting stories again this is a little bit different uh, this is like a you know, fan practice setup but of course uh -huh. point of care makes a huge difference in internal medicine while doing uh, focused cardiac exams and also long exams as well as the fast exam Wow, you really made a difference in uh, patients' lives. That's that's impressive. Yeah, we have a baby running around in <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you, you've probably got thousands of stories like that. Thank you for those two. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, so when you think about others that are considering learning about point-of-care ultrasound, so what would be your uh, advice for them? The advice would be don't get intimidated. I think the, one of the major issues I've seen with some physicians trying to do this is they are only comfortable doing what they have been doing. You know, this is something new for them. They were not taught also in med school. Uh, so they feel kind of antsy about holding a probe and you know, thinking that they may make a mistake, you know. Uh, so let them, everybody know that, you know, this is a learnable skill and uh, you just have to understand the basic physics and neurology, which people find kind of boring, but it is very important to be able to be an expert sonographer or to be able to understand what the image is telling you. And once you understand that, then you have to develop the hand-eye coordination skills, mm -hmm. and you can use you know, advanced tools like simulators that are available nowadays, which are really great tools to have had great success teaching people who were having a hard time learning ultrasound, but the simulation did make a big difference. Uh -huh. And then, of course, once they start scanning, they need to focus on what their prime interest is. Like we had one physician who said, I want to learn, learn ultrasound. Somebody said, I want to learn, you know, write up a quadrant to be able to rule out, is there any gallbladder disease, just like you know, polycystitis or gallstones? So decide what you want to do and learn it really well and practice you know you have to scan normals as well as abnormals and one of the ways that i've seen that really works well is uh, if you're scanning and you actually send the patient uh, plan to send the patient for an ultrasound exam or cat scan do a scan yourself and note the findings uh, not on the patient chart but just note it down someplace on a logbook and then send the patient for study and then look at it did the findings match up or not other way you could do is you already have a patient with an ultrasound report. 
you can actually scan yourself and see do the ultrasound finding match up or not. Or if you already know the diagnosis, can you say, for instance, somebody says patient has pericardial fusion? Mm-hmm. Scan the patient's heart and see can you find that fusion? The patient has a pericardial fusion, can you find it yourself? The patient has gallstones, can you find those gallstones? And that's how you will start building the confidence. You know, but it's very much learnable. And of course, there will be times the patient may be a difficult patient. Uh, you don't, sometimes that doesn't work at all. Ultrasound is not the absolute answer. That's why we have CT scan and other modalities. Mm-hmm. So we understanding that it is limited at times. Uh, the patient habitus or the bowel gas may be a problem. But when you have an ideal patient and we have already have a patient diagnosis, it will be in the early phases very helpful to actually go ahead and do retrospective scans. And also one thing to be forgotten, not to be forgotten, is that do not forget that we are a physician. So you definitely have to do the phys- the patient patient's history, a good history taking, and of course, you know, do a physical examination. If the other lab tests available or they're considering, go ahead and do that as well. And then put everything together. Come with a differential and then approach with ultrasound. It's just an extension of the physical examination, actually. The point of care is that's exactly what it is. And you're trying to figure out, you know, I think the patient may have an effusion. I think the patient has gallstones. And then you scan and say, is there or not? That's just a yes or no answer. Uh, so with time, um, more confidence will develop. But I'm telling you, in my experience, even with medical students, right. um, even a first-year medical student with uh, one-hour training was able to tell me that there is something not right. Uh, so be aware what the normal images look like and what is not normal will be obvious when you start scanning a bunch of patients. You know, I, Dr. Raul, I really like that uh, extension of the physical exam and sort of the overall uh, clinical judgment is involved with a point of care scan. So I was sitting here thinking about something. I, so what do you think the future of POCUS is? And another thing is why the sudden wave of point of care enthusiasts? Yeah, the point of care and ultrasound, you know, initially when we first started out 10 years ago uh, in South Carolina, mm-hmm. a lot of people were doing the same thing uh, at that time. It's a very early movement. And basically, uh, what was happening is this is definitely going to be here. So it's not going away anywhere. Uh, initially, people were calling it bedside ultrasound or hand carried ultrasound. But of course, I like the focus term better. And you're just delivering better patient care. Essentially, you're using a 21st century tool, an advanced tool that gives you the ability to see inside the patient's body. And by the way, that was always the wish of the physician. You know, every physician wanted to be able to examine with a tool that you could see inside the body what's really going on. Mm-hmm. But now it's been actually possible. And I would say definitely give credit to the unsung heroes in this movement, uh, the engineers and the scientists who have actually miniaturized a device and also at the same time made it very affordable. Um, imagine, I couldn't possibly think of buying forty, fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollar device, but something that costs thousand dollars or two thousand dollars or less—that's a really game changer, you know. So it's very affordable. That's why we're seeing this. People are saying, "Hey, I can afford this," and also there's awareness, 
And although social media has played a big role, and of course the organization out there like WinFocus and you know uh, the Uthumi, all these movements are going on, Sussme, and lots of other organizations and this site is actually making this very, very uh, possible to access. And so uh, people are realizing that this is very doable and not only that, uh, patients love it. So. Patients love ultrasound, and you have get an opportunity to share the experience of the patient. And also, um, in the future, uh, you will have a lot of these devices with AI built into it as artificial intelligence mm-hmm. uh, that will guide the physician with the diagnosis. But again, there will have to be a human intervention, you know, required because the device may sometimes, James, as you know, might actually tell you peak systolic velocity is this when you need. When you actually look at it, you know, that's just an artifact. So you may have to do your override on it, but most part, it will work pretty good. And that's what making so exciting today is that it's so affordable and would be a great tool, not just in the U.S. and developed countries, but also in the developing nations and third world countries. Uh, would make a huge difference in delivering great patient care. I think the eventual beneficiary of this movement is going to be the patient. And that's what makes it so exciting. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Dr. Victor Raul, wow. Yes. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time to be here on today's show. It's our inaugural shows this week, and it's an honor to have you on our podcast. And thank you for the insights into the future, the technology, and patient care. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, Focus on Pocus. Be sure to tune in with us next week for more interviews with thought leaders that are on the forefront of global point-of-care ultrasound. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intelios. This podcast is for information purposes only.